Hello, fans. This is Kelly Prince. Welcome to Kedge Recruiting Roundup. This episode is brought to you by IlliniGuys.com, a show where we discuss the world of recruiting. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a legend of basketball knowledge, Scott Burgess of Prep Hoops. He just, I've known this guy for years and, you know, I read his stuff on, on Twitter. And tonight we're going to talk about recruiting and what he sees and what he likes about it, don't like about it, and how he evaluates talent. So, Scotty, thanks for being on the line, I guys, and Kedge Recruiting Roundup this evening. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, Scott, for the, the listeners out there who don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about what you do and about your business and, and the recruiting aspect and, you know, the tournament you run and, and how you and what you do as far as evaluating talent. Yeah, so my job's really kind of expanded over the years. I first started out just strictly as an evaluator um, and doing um, interviews and write-ups and that kind of stuff. And I still do that. Um, that's my favorite part of my job is going to events, um, writing up stories, um, you know, stock boosters, who's looking good, finding new names. That's my favorite part of what I do really is when you see a kid play for the first time and knowing that nobody else knows about him and that you're going to be able to put this kid's name on the map. I think that's always kind of fun. Um, and then, so I still do that. I write about a thousand articles a year on Illinois high school basketball. Wow. But um, in addition to that, I also help run our circuit, the Prep Hoops Circuit, um, which is the top independent grassroots circuit in the country. Um, we had over 5,000 teams um, on our circuit last year and uh, ran three huge live period events. Um, two of them being in convention centers last year in Indy and Birmingham, where we had shoe teams like Mean Streets and Live On, um, Georgia Stars, Team Loaded, who has an Illinois commit, Jay Neps. Um, and so uh, that's the other part of my job. So I do a lot of um, talking to AU directors um, across the country and um, getting them signed up for our tournaments and, uh, you know, a lot of marketing and that kind of stuff all goes into it as well. You know what? And I know what it's like and people don't really realize a guy like you who can, like you said, market kids and help kids get their names out there. You know, it's it's tough, but it's also like you mentioned, it, it's kind of unique because if you see a kid find that gym, you could kind of help make that kid put his name on the map to get this kid's career started. Has anyone ever kind of talked to you about like, hey, thanks for doing what you're doing. We appreciate the coverage that you give us. Yeah, it's it's honestly my one of the coolest parts of my job is when whether it's, you know, AJ Casey today, Trey Pettigrew just committed to Nevada just a couple hours ago. He sent me a, a text thanking me for covering him over the years. Um, and like those guys are awesome because, you know, they're the hot the division one recruits. But I just I get just as much, you know, joy out of when a division three player will be like, hey, thanks for writing about me if I didn't come to this camp or I didn't or, you know, nobody watched me play and you came to my 1A game and watched me play and wrote me up and it helped me get um, some scholarship money to play basketball in college. And so that's the kind of stuff that I take a lot of joy out of in doing this is helping kids see their dream come true. And, you know, maybe just having a little bit to do with it, because a lot of times there's these hidden gems that people don't see that if I can just 
maybe put a tweet out or put a story out on the game, it could, you know, change some, some kid's life. And um, I think that's pretty cool. You know what? I'm going to say firsthand, you know, one of my businesses that I own is called the QC Ballers. And a couple of years ago, I had a dynamite group of boys and you're, you're exactly right. You marketed a couple of my kids and right away by doing that, the phone started ringing. So, I mean, for any fans out there, you know, who are listening, if you're a high school basketball recruit, you know, Preps Hoops is a great place to go. Scotty does a tremendous job of looking at talent, not just putting kids out there to put them out there, but he has a good eye for it. Speaking of, tell me or tell the listeners, when you evaluate a kid, what is the difference between a high-level kid, a, a, you know, a, a five-star kid, four-star kid versus a, a mid-major or Division three kid? What are the tools that you look for to say, hey, this kid – should be at this level and this kid should be at, the, at that level? Um, I think a lot of it comes initially size, uh, length, athleticism. I think those are the first three things that jump out um, to how projectable he's going to be down the line. Um, you know, you, I think a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion about like, oh, this kid scores more points than this kid. He's got to be a better prospect. He, it just it literally has nothing to do with it like they're I've covered you know six four power forwards who can put up 20 and 10 every night but you can't do that at the division one level unless like it's a very 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 rare case um where you have an undersized four like that that projects well at the next level so I would say positional size um plus athleticism having a skill that translates directly to at an elite level so like if you're a high major program you're looking for at least one skill where you can hang your hat on and say that kid's going to be a big time shooter for us that kid's going to be a big time wing defender that kid's going to be able to defend you know all over the floor and be a switchable defender that kid's going to be able to rebound from day one those are some of the things I think that stick out and then just each level you go down, you take one little piece away. And that's kind of where you see, like, maybe at the D2 level, the kid is has a lot of different things, but he's not athletic. Or he has a lot of different things, but he's not quite, doesn't have the size for that position. Right. Or he is a really good player, but he's not a great shooter. And he's a wing. So, like, that's going to take a division one away. Another thing that I, I look for personally a lot is motor with, with kids. Yes. It's something that, um, that when I first started, I didn't really notice it as much, but nowadays, like it's almost become a skill that you have uh, like a box you have to check to be able to play at that high major level. Like there's going to be, there, there's always going to be kids that are going to fly past that just because like they have unworldly gifts, but if you're fighting for that division one scholarship, if you don't have the motor. That's going to be a huge red flag to division one schools. Well, you know what, dude, since you have subscriptions and, you know, and you see kids all the time, how much contact do you have with some of the division one coaches? Do they call you or do a lot of them subscribe to your site? How does that work? Yeah. So um, our network as a whole, uh, the prep, hoops brand we actually have more college subscriptions across the board than any single scouting service in the country um, college, but, college coaches yeah 
Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I stay in contact with college coaches almost every day. Um, like on a typical day, it's anywhere between 10 and 15 different schools. Sometimes it's 20, depending on the time of year. Like when it's transfer portal time, then everybody wants kids <laughs> numbers. When it's, um, when we're getting ready to go into, you know, one of the evaluation periods, they'll be asking, hey, where's this team playing? Hey, who are some kids I need to be watching? Um, if it's going into like the fall of, schools will be like hey i'm coming to chicago for three days who do i need to see um a lot of schools will just say hey 2023 we're looking for this position and obviously like i know what level school they are and so i kind of try to like match make for them a little bit and give them some options as far as like oh you're looking for a point guard you're a low major school here are three or four options or you're a high academic school here are three or four options for kids that have really good grades that you could maybe recruit or um, just a variety of different things like that, that play into each different school's factors of how they're recruiting and the questions that they ask. Okay. I'll tell you what, you and I talked a little bit off air. Something is starting to bother me a little bit. You know, the state of Illinois, high school basketball has been one of the top five states in the country all the time, New York, California, Illinois. And what I notice now is a lot of kids are leaving the state. In the last couple of years, for whatever reason, I know COVID was a factor a couple of years ago, last year, but that's not the case this year. And you see so many of the top players leaving. I mean, what do you attribute that to? Um, I just think, unfortunately, it's just kind of the way basketball is going now. Um, you just see like a, a trend toward that like one I remember one night um one of my really close friends in the industry and I were going over it and we were talking about this and I was like and he said something and he's like I bet you if you look at the top 25 rankings that at least 20 of them go to prep schools and I was like thinking about it before we did it and I said I, you might be right. I don't know. So we looked at it and I think it was like out of the top 25 and the one we looked at, I think it was like 21 or 22 go to prep schools, like non-traditional, like regular high schools, yeah. which is crazy to think about. Um, so a kid like a Max Christie last year and Bryce Hopkins, who went four years to the, you know, the same high school um, is, it's becoming rare. Um, so I think I obviously it sucks for us to lose, you know, three kids in the top 30 in 2023 nationally who all could have been McDonald's all Americans who all started their freshman year in high schools in Illinois. And by the time they're juniors, none of them are here, but I think it's just, it's not just Illinois. I think it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I think you're seeing that across the board. It's just, you know, we, we live here. So it, that's our focus but I think you're seeing it across the board. I don't think it's like a, anything about Illinois because I mean, heck you can, I mean, it's been going on for years. Like there's Brandon McCoy, Brandon McCoy left before he even got to high school. Right. Uh, Boswell from Champaign. He left before he even got to high school. So, you know, it's just kind of how it is now, unfortunately. And um, I mean, you look at now with things like G league and overtime elite and that stuff, like, it's just changed. 
you know, it's just everything's constantly changing and evolving. Well, you know, uh, one of the things with you, which I know you're very, very neutral, and this is an Illinois-based uh, site, you know, Coach Underwood has done a tremendous job of turning around the University of Illinois. Um, he made, he's made it attractive again. But, you know, again, we talked off the air a little bit and chatted, and the thing I noticed when I looked at your site, your top five players in the class of 2021, none of those kids went to Illinois. Do you think that's strange, or do you think it's just – a fluke or what do you think it is um i think it's just it's a year by year thing i don't necessarily i've honestly ever 21 has already kind of passed me yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I've moved, I'm already moved on to like 25s already so <laughs> i have to go back and look at it um i mean max christie like realistically they were never super involved there I think Bryce Hopkins, they did the best they could, especially the second time around. But once Kentucky offered, that was kind of over. Um, Ahmad Bynum, I don't think they ever went after him like super, super aggressively. Um, Chris Hodges, they recruited a little bit, but he committed super early to Wisconsin. Yeah. And then John Polakitis, um, Isaiah Barnes, I don't really think they recruited either of them that much. So I I think it's just a year by year thing. I I don't think it's like a, you know, I think most years they're they're in the mix for those top guys. Um, but like last year's class was um I, I would say that there was two guys if you're Illinois that you like say these two guys we really want and like Max it just never seemed like it was going to happen from his junior on. And I think Bryce, I think they got in there as much as they could. And then Kentucky just kind of took it over. So what about the 22 and 23 class? I know the 23 class is really loaded, but what what do you see from them as far as Illinois is concerned? Um, With with which class? I'm sorry. The 22 and class of 23. Yeah. So 22, um, Everyone's off the board, honestly. Uh, everybody, at this point, there's only two guys left in the top 22 in the entire state. So um, Kyle Thomas and Jackson Monroe, Illinois is not recruiting either of those. So top five went to uh, – oh, well, okay. Sorry, my bad. Ty Rogers is still in Illinois. We yeah. we haven't we sorry, my bad. We haven't officially put Ty Rogers in the rankings. I'll do that mid-season. So he is still on the board. That's my bad. But as far as uh the other top five players, um Duke, Miami, Gonzaga, Loyola, out of the top five, Illinois only re- they recruited shoot Casey. Obviously, they backed off on at the end. Um, uh, and Huff, they just once you know they tried to get involved this summer and it just didn't really gain any traction um uh so i think that's kind of where it is with them and with ty rogers like really good player i i mean i've interviewed him a few times over the years and i always kind of thought it was he was going to stay in state and go to michigan or michigan state true um but you know it seems like it's opened up um alabama's in there memphis and illinois now um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I haven't talked to him recently about it, but, um, I love his game. Like, I think he, for me, he'll, he'll probably be one or two in our, in our mid season update. 
um, with with Jaden Shoot. He'll be right there with him. He's just such a physical wing that plays so hard, um, and just just his competitiveness is off the charts um, as a two way player. Um, as far as twenty three is concerned, um, obviously JJ was one. He's gone now. Um, so you're looking at uh, another Mac Urban Fire player and Kenwood guy Darren Ames. Yeah. I think Illinois. Is pretty heavily in the mix there for him early on obviously the fire connection is going to help um he kind of fits that style of point guard that they've had um recently you know with uh kind of got a mix of a little bit of io a little bit of trent frazier in his game he's not like the passer of curbello but he's got you know good length good defender um i could see that happening um but they're also you know, in the mix with, with Jeremy fears. And they're also in the mix with Boswell. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, a couple wings, I think to watch, um, especially Asa Thomas. I think that's the, I think that's the one that Illini fans should monitor pretty closely because he blew up in June, especially at the Riverside Brookfield camp and, or, uh, team whatever you want to call it team tournament camp and um he was the talk of that tournament illinois jumped in from the like as soon as they could they got him on campus as soon as they could and they they're i think that's the one that you could see them really making a push for six foot six really big time shooter but he's got more to his game than just a shooter he's kind of unorthodox game he can get shots off from different angles he moves really well without the ball um and he's a pretty good athlete as well um so i think that's going to be one they're going to have to fight off some other high major schools but that's one that i i believe that they're they can be in in the end um davis lowry's another one from kenwood um kind of in like your new age combo forward um probably at a high major level he plays as as a four that can just bring energy rebound bring athleticism uh i think illinois is definitely in the mix early there um he's had some other high majors you know get in there but i don't think anybody's really made um too serious of a pursuit yet at this point um and then the other one in the top five was um was cam christie max's brother um if he keeps developing, you know, obviously Michigan state's probably, if they want him, they can probably get him. Um, but I don't think that that's anywhere from a done deal as far as that standpoint yet, it's still pretty early in the process, just in general for these 2023s, most of them, um, you know, they've taken some visits and stuff, but they're not too far down the line with recruiting. Well, you know, you talk about Asa Thomas, I interviewed him once and, you know, one of the things he told me, one of the coaches, that came early right away was Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, from my understanding, he's he's been a thorn in, in Brad Underwood's side because, you know, factual or not, you know, rumors are that um, Ty Rogers is basically down to Illinois and Michigan State. And then you mentioned Christie, you know, the younger brother. But Lowry was also on campus uh, a few weeks ago, and I talked to him, and he mentioned the fact that Michigan State's getting involved. So Tom Izzo has kind of avoided the state of Illinois on his prospects, but now he's coming back. And Fears is an Ill, originally an Illinois kid, but now he's in Indiana. And, you know, and Tom Izzo was in on him as well, and he's pushing him. And, you know, he was kind of 
boy, not boycotting Boswell, but rumors now he's also trying to, to get in with Boswell, which may be a little too late for him. But, I mean, Michigan State is really, really hitting the state of Illinois hard. And you mentioned Thomas. I like that kid. I think he's, I think he's a kid that they can pull off, like you said, and could be a difference maker. He's a Brad Underwood type of kid. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And at the end of the day, if you're you're Illinois and you're going head-to-head with Michigan State on battles, that's what you want. Like, you want to be going head-to-head with them. They're, they're the blue blood of the conference, you know? And is those, you know, Hall of Fame coach, like, that's where you guys want to be as a program? Like, that's the team you want to go against? Uh, you know, um, just going to wrap it up here in a few minutes, but – you know, I've had a lot of recruits talk to me about stars. I mean, are you a star guy or are you just, I mean, how much stock do you put into that? So many parents think if their kid's not that four or five star, they're not going to make it at that, at that next level. Um, do, do rankings matter? Is that the question? Well, they matter, but like how much stock should a kid or a parent put into it as far as their development, as far as college looking at them? Um at the end of the day, like rankings are just an opinion of whether it's one person or, you know, a group of two or three or four people at the end of the day, like the colleges have to make the decisions. Like nobody's ever, nobody has ever offered a kid just based on rankings. Like it might put you, you know, in a position to get looked at, but you still have to perform in front of that coach. So I don't know, like I've always said from a ranking standpoint, like we, I personally, just for the state of Illinois, we don't do stars. We just do like, you know, one through 250 or whatever. I've always said I would prefer to rank them in tiers of classifications. So say like these, however many in that particular class, not a specific number. Some years it could be three. Some years it could be 10. Say these guys are high major. These guys are mid-major. These guys are low major. These guys are high in D2 mid D2, low D2, these guys are high-end small college players, these guys are solid small college players, these guys are fringe college basketball players. That's how I would personally prefer to do it. And instead of saying one through 250. And same thing, honestly, with a national ranking, that's kind of what they're doing in a little bit different of a way is like when you say a five-star prospect it's like that's usually what one through 20 25 something like that so they're saying this is a tier these guys are separated from the next tier in our opinion at this point but there's not as much difference between 10 and 25 as someone would think and same thing with four star it's like there's not as much difference in 50 and 110 as people think like there literally is not a lot of it comes down to did you get to see that kid play when did you get to see him play um and did he have a good game or not like at the end of the day like what the national guys do is hard and like i like i do some of it for our site um and i help contribute to the rankings with what i see but I, the, the, what the national guys do is it's difficult because you're maybe seeing a kid one time, you know, all summer, and then maybe you get to see him one time during the high school season. And if he doesn't go to one of those traditional prep schools or whatever, like, and going back to the, the, what we talked about earlier, 
that's part of the reason these kids want to go to those schools because if you play at Lalamere, you play at Montverde, you play at IMG, like those national scouts are going to see you all the time. So like if rankings matter to you, then yeah, I mean, obviously that's important, but at the end of the day, college coaches, like they don't necessarily sit there and live and die by what a recruiting ranking says. Oh, no, I remember one time listening to Hall of Fame uh, college basketball coach Bobby Knight made a comment because someone asked him that. He was like, I want somebody to tell me the difference between the 75th best player and the 76th because there's not, you know, there's really, you nope. know, there's no different except for it sounds better to have a top 75 recruit. Okay, Scott, I'm going to end with this. When you had a chance to see Iowa Super play in high school, did you – see the talent or did you envision him having the career that he had at Illinois and what he's done with the Chicago Bulls this early? Did you see that or did you miss that with him as far as his talent or did you know that I was going to be something special? Yeah. I mean, I was, I I mean, he was number one his entire career at, you know, from the first time we saw him um, when we saw him at Westinghouse as a freshman, um, all the way through his senior year. Um, obviously, Talon, uh, you know, is in the NBA now. He's had a great career. Um, but, you know, Io had that special quality, and you saw it at Illinois, but we saw it, you know, his entire high school career. He had the ability to take over a game whenever he needed and do whatever he, he needed to do to get his team to win. And that trend, like, that's – there's some kids that have the one thing that you can't like, like point at is what I call the it factor. And he had it and it was undeniable. And you knew that that kid had special qualities. Um, I'm not surprised at all what he did at Illinois. I thought he was going to be a star in college. And I thought it would be one of those. I thought he would be a player that it would take multiple years to develop. So that's why he was a perfect recruit for Illinois because would you rather, this is a debate on the same friend I talked about earlier. And I have a lot is would you rather have the one and done guy who is there for as an Illinois, would you rather have the one and done guy who's there for one year and goes in the first round of the draft, but he doesn't really leave a huge lasting impact on the program. No legacy. Like Myers Leonard. Let's take him for example. Like I love Myers Leonard, but like he, like at the end of the day, did he leave a lasting impact on Illinois program? Like, did he get other kids to want to go to Illinois? But what IO did was he was there. You got a guy there where he was there three years And he was able to change the culture of the program. He was able to change it from a program that was a perennial, like eh, middle-ish of the big 10 guy or team to we're one of the best teams in this conference. And even when I'm gone, I've set it up to where, you know, other kids in Chicago are going to want to be here. Other, you know, he just has that thing where it's like, you want to follow him. Um, obviously he's doing very well with the bulls. and I'm super happy for him. I never really knew how good of a pro he would be in high school, just because, um, 
he wasn't a great shooter in high school. Right. And that was my concern. Uh, and he's definitely developed that over the last couple years, um, especially last year at Illinois. He shot it much more consistently, um, you know, whether it was pulling up or spot up threes and that kind of stuff. And I thought if he developed that as a junior, which he did, I thought he had a chance to be a first round pick. I mean, it's kind of like we talked about earlier with the, you know, four star, five star, whatever. It's like he went in the, what, the middle of the second round, like the difference between the middle of the second round and the last five picks of the first round aren't really that much when you get down to it like that. All those guys are kind of in a grouping together and um, he found a great fit in his hometown and, I'm super happy for him because at the end of the day, he's an awesome kid. And he's one of those guys that um, I talk about it a lot. Like there's, there's guys that I've covered over the years and I got to know pretty well um, that haven't changed. Like um, I'd say I was like that Jason Tatum's a guy I'm super close with still to this day and talk to on a regular basis he's the same person that i met when i was 14 mm-hmm. and i was the same as he was when i met him when he was a freshman at westinghouse he's still that same kid with that same love for the game that's why it's so hard not to move for a kid like that not just because i cover Illinois, but he really is what you see is, is what you get scotty tell the fans how they can subscribe to your site and your Twitter handle, and so that way they can get what I get to see all the time from you, and you get to give yourself and your company a plug here before we end it. Yeah, yeah. So the site is um, prephoops.com backslash Illinois, and that's where you can read all about the um, everything going on in Illinois as far as recruiting, um, rankings. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of – conference preview stuff coming up here uh mr basketball preview stuff so a lot of fun stuff like that um we're gonna have uh you know obviously coverage of the uh as as far as you know covering of games pretty soon here in two weeks really um so excited for that and uh you can subscribe either monthly or yearly um on on the website and then also um my twitter is at scotty b scout um it's s-c-o-t-t-y b as in boy scout um and yeah i don't have instagram and all that stuff so. uh, yeah well i'm well, i'm old <laughs> i can relate buddy well hey thank you as always my friend i enjoy talking hoops with you and this isn't just some, you know, politically politically correct answer. Scott is a good guy, and he really does put a lot of work in. So, uh, if you guys can give him a follow, and Scott, thanks again as always. I appreciate you coming on Kid Recruiting Roundup. Thanks, I really appreciate you having me.